Hi, everybody. Leanne and Mason here for our Different Perspectives podcast. We are here to discuss our differing viewpoints through the lens of energy work. Today, we'll be discussing money and the energy around money. Myself, Leanne, has a background working in business and before I found my true path and transitioned into energy work. And I'm currently the owner of the Healing Studio in Broomfield, Colorado, where I work as a healer and a teacher. Uh, you can find more about me at insightfulinspirations.com. Mason, my son, who's on here with me, has a super unique opportunity to be raised by subtle energy aware, a subtle energy aware household, where more than meets the eye is not only validated, but encouraged to explore. He's currently a student journalist at CSU, where you can find his work on the Rocky Mountain Collegian. So what are we discussing today, Mr. Mason? We're talking about money and uh, how we can... You can't hear me? Okay. Um, we're talking about how our relationships with money can really impact us more than we think or more than we might recognize in any given day. <laughs> you gotta be louder. <laughs> okay. So take us down that rabbit hole about money. Okay. Well, I have some questions for you to start off the discussion. Um, my first one being, do you think that money influenced your career choices right off the bat? Like, do you think that you went into school going, oh, what's going to give me stability? Originally, yeah, money was definitely a huge motivator. I went into business and um, it was I was my intention, yeah, to have a stable income. I originally definitely thought corporate world was was stable and a good place to go. Um, I've since learned differently, but um, but that yeah, money was a, was definitely a motivator for my choices early on. So you would argue against the um, idea that money buys happiness? I would argue against that any kind of energy buys any kind of thing. I mean, money's just energy. So if you're, you know, if, if you're in an energy exchange with someone and it's equal or somewhat equal, it doesn't even have to be transactional. Like you can get fulfilled in a different way than financially by having an experience as well. If it's, if it, um, you know, is f mutually fulfilling, if it, whether it's normally the experience that is the happiness, right? And sometimes money gives you experiences that you maybe couldn't transfer trade for trade, right? Um, Do you think that the opposite uh, lack thereof results in unhappiness? So if money can't buy happiness, do you think lack of money? I think it's everybody's relationship and with the energy of it. I think, I think you can make yourself miserable and be super, super rich. And I think you can, and you can worry about money all the time and have tons of it, or you can be super, super happy and have a pretty, you know, frugal lifestyle. I don't think that money buys happiness and I don't think it prevents you from feeling a certain way. I think you have to enjoy all, I think you have to have abundance in like a more of a rounded way. So abundance isn't just finances. Abundance is like, all things in the right proportion, according to you, enough free time, enough time with your friends, enough time at work, enough time at school, enough time, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel like your life is nice and full and rich. And money is just an energy exchange. That's like saying the lights in my house make me happier. 
yeah, they do. Because <laughs> if I don't have lights on in my house, I have to figure out another way to be able to see. But I would not say that without lights, my life would be empty either. I would figure it out and do something else. Yeah, right. But I think what more what I'm asking is, do you think that um, lacking some kind of comforts that someone else might have might create resentment, right? And it might make people question their career choices or their manifesting skills. I don't know. I think you need to expand on that more and speak louder. <laughs> um, meaning like, do you think that if somebody is struggling to do have a basic necessity that uh, they start to feel resentful of someone who's making more money than them and then they start to resent what they're doing, even if they really enjoy what they do? I think that, again, this is your relationship in your, with your mindset, right? I mean, you can be a super happy person who is, you know, not making a lot. And maybe you don't even want to make a lot. Maybe for you that overcomplicates things and you just want to live the simple life. I mean, it, I don't think that I think you can make yourself resentful by looking at someone else. And I do think that people exploit each other. I don't think that that's super, you know, I don't love the, some of the human practices of, you know, using other people to make themselves have more um, in, in, in a usury kind of way. Do you think that uh, money creates greed? Or do you think that it's just greed is part of us? I think greed is greed. I mean, you could change it to whatever you want. If, you know, I mean, if, if, the, if the monetary thing was if it wasn't money, if it was how many puppies you have or something like that, I think some people would try to have as many puppies as they could. And some people would have just the puppies that they need just to do that to, to enjoy their own life. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's misguided to think that rich people are jerks. And I actually think that if you, I think if you look at yourself in your programming around like money in general, that's really what relationship you're going to have with money. So if you think money's bad and evil, then it will be. If you think money is just an energy exchange and actually really can create quite a bit of flow and abundance for all involved, then it'll be that too. So I don't think that you can personally just say this, that we should have a moneyless society because we wouldn't, we would go back. I mean, we've been, you know, exchanging values forever. If you have a bunch of peaches and I have a bunch of Buffalo skins, we're going to trade. Right. That does make a lot of sense. But um, going back a little bit, do you think that if someone was like, um, it's a, I feel like it's a different kind of relationship with money. If you are literally struggling to eat or you're struggling to feed your kids. And I think that that might create some resentment that's like really not that person's fault that they get pushed into this mindset. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, you can't do the toxic positivity thing, right? Like, Oh, just be happy that all you have is SpaghettiOs and someday you'll have more. Right. I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> no offense to SpaghettiOs. Can't eat them, but I have gluten <laughs> uh, But um, I just, you know, I just am saying like, this is not a, um, I don't think this is a black and white thing. And I think that, that you can actually look at around the world and see that some, some of the cultures that are the happiest, they don't have a, a lot of focus around money. I mean, what's your focus around money? You don't have a lot of it. Are you happy or not? I think it's all based on stability. I, again, I think that stability gets happiness. And I think that instability makes people anxious. 
would you consider yourself stable or unstable? Unstable, pretty unstable right now. Really? I mean, that seems kind of kind of uh, misguided, given all the privilege that you actually do have as far as stability goes. Yeah, right. But I think that having stability around me doesn't necessarily mean that I'm stable myself. Because you know, I heard I heard a statistic from the food bank here today that they are helping one in seven broomfielders with either food or rent. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. One in seven. Um, I would say you don't fall into that category because you can come home and eat whenever you want. And you have two places to live at the moment. <laughs> right. Right. And I think there are different types of instability too. Well, that's true. But you've said to me that you're going to be a, this journalist and not a, can't expect to make a lot of money being a journalist. That's a mindset. I mean, it may be somewhat of a reality, but it's also a mindset. So what, what do you think about, you know, the mindset you're going into where you are going in with a pretty lack mind? Um, I think it's more one of focusing on the experience like you were talking about. I think it's focusing on, um, okay, will this pay the bills? And if it will, up to that point, then um, I'm okay with accepting less if that makes sense. Like, if I can just make ends meet, but I enjoy going to work every day, that's worth it. Um, We're going to have to work on your miking situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe your AirPods would help, help this conversation be a little clearer. Um, I'm just going to shout out to the people that are listening. Hi, everybody. Whether you're listening later, I'm sorry for the audio quality today. We'll try to work on it, see if we can get it better. Um, seems like it's better worse than normal. Maybe I'm wrong. I could try and adjust a little bit. <laughs> um, so I think that, I don't know, I think that there's money can be a trap. If that's all you focus on, if that's all you're doing, it can definitely be a trap. And if you're a victim of not having the money that your neighbor has, that's a trap. You know, I think that there's so much that can be, I mean, nature is very abundant. And I think a lot of experiences can be had just by being more in nature. Yeah. And I think that that's why there's this huge movement. I don't know if you've heard of it, like the nomad movement, like just people moving into communes with their friends, which sometimes will turn into cults, but that's a <laughs> different part of it. But I think it's just this desire to, um, write down by the, system we've created for ourselves and yeah. how going through the cracks to the bottom can really just like um tear you apart compared to if you just went out and lived uh the way that it was meant to off the land your your volume's better i don't know what you did i adjusted the microphone it was set to low for some reason okay <laughs> oh goodness uh technical things we should do before we get on here yeah. um so Okay, what other questions do you have for me? Um, well, a big one is, do you think we're trained to revere money? In our culture, for sure. And lots of cultures. I mean, not just, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, like, 
what comes to mind is like lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, like all these shows. I mean, your father and I just totally love watching that below deck show, which is like about super yachts. Right. Like, and I don't think it's for us. Like we don't like to watch it just cause it's like super yachting and oh my gosh, what would it be like to be on a super yacht? I mean, there's, it's funny human dynamics, but you know, I think that there's a lot of, of that embedded in our culture. And, but I also think that, again, this is a choice about how you interact with anything. I mean, you can revere, you know, bling, you can, and then you don't care about money. You just want bling. <laughs> You're happy to lose your money for your bling, right? I mean, or you can be really into, you know, I don't know, getting an education and actually just spending all your money on education and never really getting out of school. I know that there's some people who are perpetual students. So I think anything can become one, you know, a trap, but I, and, and, but I do think that it, like anything else, money is energy and learning to manage your energy in an efficient way is necessary. Right. But, um, I think that there's a big problem where, um, the efficiency becomes hoarding. If that makes sense. Because I think that a lot of people would perceive it as um, just this like godlike figure, like oh, this person has like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. We prop them up as these idols, and um, and I think that it has a really negative impact on the worker. It can, yeah. I mean, for sure. I do think that there's definitely some pretty lopsided stuff happening energetically with you know, how a CEO gets paid versus, an, you know, a software developer that made that CEO really popular this year. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's definitely, but then again, I also believe if you work hard and you, you, you know, have lots of things coming to you and that's because of your own efforts and not because of exploitations, I think that that's okay. The light council actually talks about this a bit about how, about exploitation and, and, and actually money. Um, I don't know if you, do you ever listen to the light council? I think you're on it, aren't you? Huh? Every once in a while I will, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember listening to one about exploitation? I don't, I don't remember that one specifically. Or money, there's one about both. And there's actually, it's very interesting way that they talk about, about it. I mean, it's, it's very much about how we engage with it and what our mental construct is around it and like what we do to each other with it. It's not the, it's not money. And it, if we didn't heal that part of ourselves that exploits and does look things like that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, you get rid of money. It wouldn't get rid of the problem because the root problem is how we care for each other and how we perceive each other. Right. And then I think that, um, and I think that there's this disconnected, like our society is completely disconnected from money at this point. I think that it's gotten to the point where, um, it's the goal is to hoard money. The goal is to get so uh, ridiculously rich that you can buy whatever thing pops into your head. And I think that that's the goal. And the goal has changed from just have a normal family to have all this money. Well, where do you see this goal? Like, how do you perceive this? I think it's like what we were talking about, like in these shows, blow deck, people who can go onto a yacht, a super yacht and order people around. Um, or we see, that um, this person just became the richest person in the world and they have their own rocket company and we should all be bowing down to them. Well, 
you know, I don't have, I don't have that sensation towards anybody. Yeah, you know all their names, though. I mean, barely. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, unless I like and respect somebody's work, I'm probably not paying attention to them. But Um, I think it's... I think my thinking is like going, I think we talked about this in our first podcast, but um, the value of someone's time, because I don't think that someone can reach this point where they've worked hard enough that their time is worth billions and billions of times more than the average person. Hmm. Well, I know I, although like, so let's just say what I charge for a session, right? So I charge, let's just say I charge an average, you know, existing client $150 an hour. I technically work like is as a business, um, maybe let's just say I work 25% of the time with clients and the other 75% of the time is making myself capable of doing the work and getting my business set and doing the taxes that are needed to do and making sure the bathrooms are clean. And, you know, so I, my time that you're paying for is literally like, so you'd have to split that out and say, really, that's, that's not, you're paying for me to have the infrastructure too to do what I do. So if I'm a lawyer and I charge $400 an hour or three fifty an hour. Some of that is I have huge medical bills or medical bills, educational bills to pay for, so that I could be the lawyer that you needed me to be. I put in years of my life to get that education to be the lawyer that you needed me to be. Um, you know, I have to pay employees and I have to pay for licensing, and you know, like there's all this stuff that you can't resent the lawyer for making a bunch of money that that the, you know, McDonald's worker who literally rolls out of bed and shows up five minutes late to work every day. And I'm not saying every McDonald's worker. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, if that, if then that's all they want to do and they don't ever try to invest in more of what it takes to be that exemplary person for society and value add. And I'm not trying to exalt lawyers versus McDonald's workers, by the way, like that's not what I'm trying to do. I think everybody has a value and has a point, but I don't always think that you should be mad to have to pay extra, like a high fee for someone's expertise when that expertise took a long time to cultivate and, and hold. Whereas maybe making a hamburger, you know, that's not as skill based unless it's really amazing hamburger. We did go to, you know, spend a lot of money at a hamburger in Las Vegas once. <laughs> right. But I do think that there's also this misconception of anybody could be that lawyer. Like any, any person could be that lawyer, but I think it really is how they were raised because I think that, um, in some cultures it's almost seen as you're a failure if you didn't reach that. That's for sure. Lots of cultures have like doctor, doctor, lawyer. That's all you can really be. Otherwise you're a loser. I a lot of that when we, when I was younger at Stargate, Mm -hmm. we saw these parents who had been, uh, probably had some corporal punishment in their households based on their grades. And I think that that translates directly to their children. So you see all these kids who feel like if they're not getting straight A's and if they're not on a path to become a doctor or a lawyer, that they are insignificant. Yeah. And I do. I think that that can be definitely pumped out there. Did you watch that video that I sent you about privilege? Was it a while ago? 
No. <laughs> it was a couple, it was like maybe a couple days ago. I sent it to you and Jack. It oh, was I basically, huh? I think I did watch that. Basically, I mean, the video was a great analogy of like, um, you know, putting the kids all in a line and saying, those of you who woke up this morning and ate breakfast, for example, take, you know, 10 steps forward. And yes. And, you know, and then those of you who have a two parent household take 10 steps forward and, and all of these advantages or privileges that are kind of unspoken and unseen. And then at the end goes, OK, now race and see who and whoever gets to the end of the line wins. Well, if you've got all this extra advantage, you're going to get there faster. Right. Yeah. So so that is there. Privilege is a real thing. It's one of the things actually I constantly am harping on you to recognize your privilege. And I, and I get it. You, It's hard to recognize something you just have. But you can kind of start to look around the world and go, wow, okay. I, I'm a little gratitude for, for where I'm at and what I have. Yes. But I think that there's this, um, there's the other end of that where somebody can't recognize that. And they have, and there are the people that end up rich that had this mindset of when they weren't rich that, um, Oh, these people are so much better than me. I just wish I could be one of them. And then I think that they become worse people because of the money. I definitely think that money can corrupt. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's that whole concept of new money and old money too. Right. I mean, that's just kind of this snooty, like ugh, from the old money, like that's definitely new money. Right. Like it's um, because there's kind of reckless and crazy or do things that are, you know, like, you know, a little bit more wild than if you were raised in a proper old money space, right? Well, I almost feel like the um, elitism is passed down. Oh, for sure. I, I agree. I, I, yeah, I would agree. Although I do feel like I, I get a little elitist behavior from you and your brother sometimes that I would not take credit for. I don't even mean that it's from the parents, parents indoctrinating that kind of behavior. I think it's other rich people. Mm. I think it's that they go down to, um, I don't know where rich people would meet, like beach house, country club. Um, <laughs> but I feel like they do. They find these friends in that circle and they go, oh, no, you don't want to spend that on that. You want to spend that on this. And you want to hold that money and you want to buy these stocks. And then I feel like it just becomes, um, they become another rich person. I think a lot of people make a lot of assumptions really quickly about things too, you know? Um, and I, you know, what may be a huge amount of money to you might be a very small amount of money to me based on, you know, I mean, like, for example, if I've, you know, you compared my input to your input, I have a lot more responsibilities. I have the healing studio and I have you and your potential college <laughs> and your brother's potential college and, you know, and the house we live in and the food that we eat. And, you know, like I have a lot more responsibility energetically that would be helpful for me to be having more of a flow of finances. And I think that's the other thing too, that, that where I think we get into trouble when we're trying to start, talking about politics and things like that, where it's like, well, social programs or whatever, minimum wage increases, that kind of thing. It gets really complicated because do I think that my 
16 year old needs to be making $17 an hour when, you know, that's because that would be a living, living wage. No, he doesn't need a living wage because he's, he is living with me. <laughs> he needs a wage where he could pay for his extracurricular activities and his insurance and that kind of thing. But Oh, I mean, what about another 16 year old that doesn't, that does have to actually yeah, contribute exactly. to the rent of their parents' house and things like that. I, so it's just a very complicated, complex thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's um, this inequality because we always work towards that. I, I think that something that we always work towards, and it was another question that I had was, um, do you think that the goal, overall goal of just existence is to make life easier for those who come after Ask me that again. Um, do you think that the goal of our society is to make life easier for those who come after? Uh, I mean, I think leaving the world better, not easier. I think we will always be complicated creatures that will always want to complicate things, right? Like invention of a car, that was it. The car was great, pretty made life significantly easier. But we had to do more and more with that car. Like we couldn't just make it a car. We had to add, you know, this and that to the car. Well, let me rephrase. Um, do you think that it's the goal to remove hardships? So not like stop advancing and stop. I don't think you can remove hardships. I've freaking tried everything to make your your hardships minimized and you just keep finding them. <laughs> well, we have communications been made easier. I think medical is a big part of it is a big part of removing those hardships. Like the advances in medical science, they really just make it easier on kids, but then nobody can pay for it. Well, then that's, you know, that's also an imbalance, right? I mean, it's it's so hard because the, if there's exploitation, that's a problem, right? If I invented a drug that's like, for example, our friend, I won't mention his name out loud, but we have a friend who's on a very rare, he has a very rare disease. He will die without his infusions and his, the money that the company can charge is, I mean, outrageous because it, that person will die without it. Now, is that fair? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what went into making that drug or how, you know, I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of people feeding into that system, right? Whereas if I'm taking vitamin C every day and my everybody on my block is taking vitamin C, we're all contributing a little bit to the pie. It doesn't have to be super expensive. Right. But I think that insurance distorts that and makes it seem like things are more expensive than they are. And I think that um, that goes back to politics again, where we're talking about whether or not we think that uh, the government should regulate healthcare because we don't trust these companies with free market to regulate it for themselves. And I feel like it does end up hoarding a lot. And if someone doesn't have insurance and they aren't in the game, then they just are, get thrown to the dogs. They can't do anything because they get this $10,000 medical bill for a simple procedure that took less than an hour. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not, I really don't want, I want to say that I don't think victim energy helps anybody. So seeing anybody as a victim of the system, anybody as a victim to anything just simply makes them less than and lower than and you're looking down on them. But if you see them and can be curious and say, hey, I want to see how we can make your life better because by making your life better, my life gets better because you're in it and you're around me. You know, like today we're about to get possibly feet of snow. And today, you know, I saw a, a man, homeless man walking by my office. 
know, I don't want that man to have to be in the two feet of snow. I don't want to find him sleeping in the park behind me with hypothermia, right? I mean, that doesn't make my life better and it doesn't make, but I don't, I also can't necessarily scoop him up and solve all of his problems that made him homeless to begin with. And maybe he doesn't even want my help. Yeah, I think that's true. Because actually a lot of people receive help that they don't want because of assumptions that are made about where they're at or when they're, where they should be at. Um, yeah, I remember <laughs> I used to, when I w went to school in CU Denver, I used to bring like fruit with me in the car. Cause I just, uh, when people were panhandling, I would be like, here, have a piece of fruit <laughs> that they would make healthy choices. If they want, if they were given healthy choices, I can't tell you how many times that fruit was chucked right back at me. <laughs> like you entitled little B, how dare you give me fruit? I want money so I can go buy my beer. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I was making assumptions and I was like super helpful. And, and I, and I also kind of felt like, you know, I'm so great. I'm giving them apples. <laughs> so it was about me too, right? I was making it about me helping them when that's not what they wanted. Yeah. And I do think a lot of people might not know the help that they want, like the help that they need that would actually make their life better. I think a lot of people will refuse that. Yeah. And I think that that's something too, that is individual and it's difficult to make huge systems around it all, you know? It's difficult to make huge systems around individuals in the first place. Right. All right. Well, we're run out of time again today. Next week, we'll have our sound issues worked out. Next week, we are not going to be at 4 o'clock. We're going to be at 2 o'clock on Friday, in theory, if we don't have anything come up with other scheduling. I'll just keep an eye out, though. We schedule it. What should we talk about next week, Mason? Personal health. Personal health? Okay. And the energy around it? Yeah. And okay. manifesting staying healthy. Like people who can get stuck in the hospital every week. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a plan. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, watching. I hope that you're finding these useful. Like I said, if you really do find them useful, commenting, keeping us informed about what you think will keep us motivated to keep going. Um, otherwise we will assume we're just talking to ourselves and that's fun too, but <laughs> we want to include you guys. All right. Thanks everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.